Welcome in, guys. We are on number seven of In the Box with. And to think, this wasn't going to go anywhere. This was going to be a fill-in for us. And now we've got a rack of people waiting. But today we are privileged to have Deal Breaker J with us, Twitch streamer, recently doing stuff with the Switch. And for those of you who have been watching down the local since day one, was the very original co-host. Deal breaker. How are you, my friend? Good, thank you. Yeah, good. It actually reminded me of doing Down the Local. It's like a trip down memory. It's basically like a year ago, almost to the day, pretty much when, pretty when much, I think yeah. Down the Local kicked off. So, uh, yep. so yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice kind of full circle to come back and, and do some stuff with it. So, yeah, I'm really excited. And thank you very much for having me. No, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. So, for those who watch on a regular basis, the five questions, standard five questions, but obviously different answers. So let's kick off with number one. Deal breaker. What is your first major memory of football? See, the I was thinking about this and I was looking at the the question when you sent ahead of time, and I was kind of like, there's there's a few that kind of stick out. I think the obvious one, and I, I I'm not sure if it's something that, that a lot of other people who've come on have said similar things, but I think the one that has to be up there is probably first going or maybe not even the first time, the first couple of times, going to uh, Stamford Bridge with my dad, yeah. um, being very young, around six or seven years old, and kind of that that feeling you get when you're kind of a little a little person, basically, and you're kind of towered by giants. You kind of get overwhelmed by when you first leave the, um, the entrance, you see the pitch and all the players yeah. warming up and all that kind of thing. And also afterwards, back in those days, you could smoke in the pubs as well. So also being <laughs> in the pub with my dad and seeing like a cloud of smoke above these, um, these giant people, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's probably the main thing. And, and it's going to sound like a weird thing to say, but that kind of, that kind of smell of smoke, I think like alongside that, that kind of era of football kind of, you know, mid nineties sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd say probably, probably that I'd say is probably the, the biggest thing that sticks up in terms of, actual football like remembering football and kind of like looking at football from yeah. a young age um it has to probably be um some of euro 96 i think i would have been about six six yeah. years old or five years old and and kind of i remember maybe it's because it's shown a lot on tv and maybe i'm kind of thinking that i remember it but i remember like a lot of after it happened, it being shown a lot on TV. Yes. You know, in the years following, a lot of it being re-shown. And that was kind of the, I'd say, tipping point's the wrong word, but something that really kind of got me going, I think, with with football. So I think those two memories for me are probably the ones that stick out the most. And that seems to be a, a, a reoccurring theme as well for a lot of uh, people we've spoken to. Their, their first memory is one of them being six, six or seven, but actually they think that maybe there's a lot of that memory has been pieced together by the videos and things like that after as yeah. well. So um, Stanford Bridge, 95, 96, when you first went, all seat stadium at that point in time? Um, I'm guessing it probably would have been, I th- wouldn't it? I, th- I think during the 96 or seven season, at some point they removed the i'm trying to get my bearings now of where, of where i am in the stadium <laughs> they removed they removed the north or the south i think it might have been the the shed or the matthew heart basically they removed one of the sides one of the yeah. the and they basically rebuilt that so when when you kind of look at old videos um it'll be on the right hand side of wherever the camera was but i don't know if yeah. it moved from the east to the west end, the camera. So I'm thinking at the moment it's the Matthew Harding, because that's where the camera kind of faces. Yeah, yeah. Now, on, if you're watching it on TV, but it could could well be the shed. Um, so you'll watch like some some great goals being scored, but there's just like nothing on, on the side. Yeah. So, um, to my recollection, 
you know it's it's difficult to say because when i when i go there again the things i remember is like the people and kind of like being kind of quite overwhelmed and yeah, and yeah. looking around and and I, I can't really remember too much about the stadium itself apart from really being inside the concourse and like you know yeah. looking at the pitch and, and things like that but not really taking in too much detail about about the surroundings but um but definitely not too much has has changed about it since then it's, it's quite it's quite an outdated stadium in terms of its its infrastructure i suppose yeah which is weird with the amount of money that's been put into chelsea over the last few years mm. but not really huge amounts done with the ground or the stadium that's right yeah and i think there, there's been obviously talk about a new stadium things like that i think they've tried to improve certain things you know like the outside of it's occasionally mm. had a bit of a facelift and yeah. they obviously built a hotel on, on the outside of it um some restaurants an underground club <laughs> um should do, where they yeah. play music things like that they've got a you know club museum so they've, they've kind of tried to add as much as they physically yeah. able to in, in a built-up area i'm not sure if you've been to to stanford bridge before but it's a very Only ever of... passed i've never been in so yeah so as, as you know it's quite a built-up area yeah. and i guess there's not a lot you can do and even i think the i was quite surprised they actually got planning permission in the first place because they i thought there's no way we're going to be able to build there but they kind of got permission to to build and un, go under basically dig and make yeah. the whole thing from lower and, and bigger so obviously mm. that didn't happen in the end um but yeah i mean i'm i'm a lot some people say oh, i wish we had a new stadium but I, yeah you know, for me and and anyone else watching who who supports their team and who's had the same stadium throughout the whole time they've been supporting it that's that's home you know it's it's yeah. what you're used to it's even though like i said it's it's got quite slightly older infrastructure it's in my opinion, my home, and I, I don't want it to change, really. It's also one of those things as well. You see all the other teams, when they do change stadium, how much they struggle to start with in a new stadium. So yes, yeah, you, you, exactly. you kind of don't want to have to go through that. If you look at it, you think, well, do you know what? It's falling down a little bit, but I don't want to have a season where we struggle. So <laughs> we'll stay. We'll be fine. No, exactly. They were talking about three, year, three years at Wembley, and I was like, oof. No, yeah, no, nah, thank you. I'm not, nah. not keen on that, to be honest. <laughs> cool. Okay, so number two, obviously, we've already touched on that a little bit. So first major tournament you remember, obviously, Euro 96 was the the one you mentioned a second ago. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, obviously, I remember kind of like clips and flashes of it. I yeah. would say I remember nothing from 98, barely remember anything from 98, even though there's obviously the very famous um, Michael Owen goal. Yep. against um argentina yeah um in that tournament i don't remember much of that at all okay i barely remember even like looking back it kind of barely talked about euro 2000 um never I mean, like we I, were really bad something that's completely <laughs> sort of passed me by i'm 10 years old as well um but i think 2002 in japan yeah is the one that you know, I, I don't know if you've spoken to people of a similar age group than me. I'm obviously in the same um, school year as Sean himself. Yeah. Um, obviously, previous host and does the um, across the world. I don't yeah. know if that's the right word for it, but the, the correspondent. Foreign correspondent. Yep. That's it. Yeah. So we're in the same we're in the same age group. So he, he'll probably have a very similar story to me as as more many yeah. you know kids at the time, which was England are playing Brazil. It's at like I can't remember what time in the morning, but what we're going to do is get because we don't want all the kids to not go to school because they would have not gone to school otherwise. Yeah. We're all going to stick them all in the canteen. They can have their breakfast and we'll put England, Brazil on a big, um, you know, projector basically. Yeah. And that, that for me, I, I would say was probably the, the, the first game I would have been about 11, almost 12. Cause I've turned 12 in June, I guess at that point. Yeah. Um, that was the first game for me where, football kind of like clicked for me like i kind of yeah. got what it was i know maybe you might think enough people might think that's that's quite late but that it was kind of the moment where i looked at everyone peers my own age yeah um, everything else and, and kind of looked at everyone really up for it and we were all kind of like in the same boat going for it and i kind of went i get it now i, I this is this is something i get because previously if i'm going to chelsea it's kind of like and still, even even though you know I've, I've just turned thirty, I'm still one of the youngest around, kind of where I sit. And it's kind of like yeah. it, it's nice when you have your own kind of like friends or age group. And it's something I've always loved about going to watch England. This is not something I do very much for my dad. That's always kind of like Chelsea throughout the pandemic. Yeah. We're doing video calls and all that kind of thing during the game. But when it hits time for England, it's 
going to the pub with my mates, yeah, you know, doing whatever, and and that kind of, and that first kind of kicked off from, from then, and it was it it felt really quite special at the time to be like, here's my friend who supports Tottenham, Man United yeah. on the left of me, Liverpool in front of me. When it's a club season, we all hate each other, but today we're all like, you know, going for it, and that that really stuck out that day for me. Yeah, it definitely. I definitely agree. I think you know, because not everyone supports the same club, so definitely there is a little more, a little bit more of sort of a family feel to the club football. Whereas when it's England, it becomes more of a pack mentality, and everyone clubs together, and everyone's in the same boat, win or lose. Unless, of course, you're living in England and you're not English, and then you <laughs> don't care who they're playing, you want England to lose. So, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, cool. So 2002, I remember uh, going to Brannigan's in Reading before going to work. It was a 7.30 kickoff and Brannigan's were only serving, they weren't serving alcohol. They served alcohol for one oh, of the okay. group games for the early kickoffs uh, and it went wrong big time. Um, and, uh, um, and then from then on, I so the, uh, the Brazil game was, uh, soft drinks only, but I remember being in there and finish it, that game finishing and then get, walking around the corner to our office and going to work. So that was, that was interesting. I don't Depressed, recall basically the rest of the day being just sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And it became my general mentality of as soon as uh, England go out, support France. Yeah, <laughs> and it's worked out quite well for me. So, <laughs> yeah, no, my, mine is whoever's in my sweepstake if they're still in that. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? Apart from '98, where I had Croatia and they ended up coming third, I always have a rubbish team in the sweepstakes. So they're normally out yeah. before England. So I've got no, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so number three, when you played football. What was the position you played most consistently? So this is this is going to be quite interesting because I, as much as probably throughout my life, I've, I've loved watching football. Mm-hmm. I, from a young age, I'd never really enjoyed playing it. But don't get me wrong, I was I was you know I was an active kid and I enjoyed PE and and stuff like that, and I, yeah, I absolutely yeah. loved getting out and and doing stuff. But for whatever reason, I don't know whether it was. At the time, I just didn't enjoy kind of the team. You, you're in a team, you've got to win yeah. kind of thing. And, and I think my parents didn't kind of want to push push me down that road, which I guess a lot of kids at the yeah. time where, you know, dad's taking their kids to football going, you've got to win, you've got to do that. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that's every, but that's, the, no. I think they kind of went, do you want to play football, Matt? And I kind of went, yeah, like down the park with mates and stuff, but but not, I didn't really have an interest in playing it. Um, like 11 aside or anything so I would say I didn't really play in in primary school I'd say like the friends I had we kind of like played with like Pokemon cards and stuff like that break and we we never really kind of played sport and stuff I played like I said in PE and stuff I enjoyed it but then I think when I got to secondary school I kind of had a a single swim moment where the guys I was friends with you know talk about video games as I still love as as you know streaming and stuff kind of that was all that was on my agenda and obviously enjoying and watching football and then kind of a few mates I'd made um were into football and played it at lunchtime and stuff and you know I kind of thought like yeah I've, at some point I've got to kind of move not move across but you know kind of what I'm yeah, getting yeah. At. I've kind of got to yeah and so so I started playing football at lunchtime every lunchtime break time religiously with these guys and rubbish at it obviously to, to start with because never really kind of played any quote-unquote professional kind of 11 yeah, side yeah. games or yeah, yeah. or anything but one one thing I did have on my side was speed like I was I was very quick at that for my age so yeah one thing I found out pretty quickly was the best kids in school I could yeah. if they I could catch up to them yeah. I'm not very good at wasn't very good at tackling at the time could yeah. try and tackle them if they get past me no problem I'll just catch up to them again and yep. try and harry them, try and do that. So what I found myself doing a lot of the time was not bothering to to attack or to try and score goals, but was just to literally try and nick the ball off someone and give it to someone on my team who was, who was basically better than me. So yeah. I found myself okay. doing that a lot. And I think through through doing that and then finishing school and obviously meeting like, you know, Sean himself and, and other people who who were playing kind of like five-a-side, 11-a-side, things like that, yeah. they kind of persuaded me and went, no, you know, like 
come on, have some have some confidence, you know, come and play 11 aside, not 11 aside, like five aside, things yeah, like yeah. that. So I got into a bit of that. And I'd say, again, my, my strength was probably, you know, get the ball, pick it up and just literally move on as quick as possible. So I found very quickly that because I was poor, passing to guys who were much better than me, like yeah, myself and, um, and another friend of ours called Theo, who's, who's really good, I find myself practicing with them, but literally just passing it. So I found like quite quickly, I, I got, I wouldn't say brilliant at passing, but like it became probably alongside speed and have a good strength. So I would say if I had to like pick out a position for myself, I would have said probably left or right back. I'd have said like, you know, yeah. because was... passing and crossing, I thought I was okay. I could tackle and I could run quite fast at the time. Not these yeah. days, but yeah. At the time. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was thinking when you were sort of describing that, I was thinking fullback, maybe even a bit of the, uh, the McAuley role to yeah, put a in a Chelsea canté, legend. Yeah. yeah, a bit of a cante. <laughs> Chase, harass, Harry, pass it simple. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd say that's probably... Again, because I didn't play in any, any kind of level, I just kind of went, okay, these are a couple of things I feel like I'm okay at, so I'll just I'll just keep yeah. it simple and, and do that. People much better than me, so here I'll get the ball, I'll move it on, which a lot of people my age didn't didn't really do. I think even if they didn't have the same quality as the better kids at school, they went, yeah, yeah, you know, no, I'm playing football at break. I wanna I wanna run it past the whole team. I wanna shoot. I wanna do something. Yeah. Spec. I wanna do some tricks, but. I don't know. I've always just found joy in being able to kind of, that sounds a bit boring, but just kind of go, right, like if I can get the ball off someone who's really good, who's a lot better than me, and just move it on, for me, that's that's that feels like, not goal, but it feels kind of like a, a great kind of moment for me, like almost something yeah. I can celebrate. But it's also, I suppose from that point of view as well, it's also, it's a contribution, isn't it? It's not, yeah. you know, you know you're know, you're delivering something to the team that no one else is potentially delivering or prepared to deliver. And mm. I, I, do you know what? I, I hats off to you because so many people, as you say, no matter where their limitations are, will still try and be the hero every time. And actually that realization that this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm going to focus on. You don't see enough. People start to notice it when they're 25, 26, 27. And by then it's a little bit too late. And, you know, the kids who play centre-back for a team or the guys who play centre-back for a team, but as soon as they sign for someone new, they go, oh, yeah, no, I'm a forward. No, you're not, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm definitely a forward. No, you're not. Um, cool. Okay. Um, so then if there was one thing you could have done to enhance the ability that you had, what would it have been? Or, or, or based on what you've said, would you actually have not wanted to enhance it and very happy with the way you were <laughs> i think i think there's a couple of things i would have liked to have done differently um and it's a, it's a couple of different points in, in time as well i guess the first one would be you know my parents say john for football yes i i, I would yeah. i'd like to join a team i'd like to do that because then you know i'd probably end up picking up you know different things the ability mm -hmm. to you know to to shoot to to run with the ball to use my weaker foot, things that I've I've never been very good at. Literally, it's yeah. going to be for me if I get the ball, I'm stopping dead, and then I'm like, you know, it's almost like you know when Raquel May sort of late on kind of couldn't couldn't run around and kind of got the ball and stopped and went right. There's a part I'm just going to move on sort of straight away kind of thing. That's yeah. kind of what I do. I couldn't I couldn't kind of dribble and things like that. So, you know, I feel like if I if I did that from a young age, I would have picked up a few a few more things I could have added to to my locker I suppose yeah um maybe a bit of strength as well potentially because I was never never the strongest kid as well so you know if I if I again when I said if I went to go and tackle one of the the kids who are better than me if they're if they're strong as well as quick and good and I run into them shoulder barge I'm I'm probably sent flying so yeah. <laughs> that's probably another thing that I'd, I'd have I'd have liked to have done um so I think that's probably the first thing I'd say um and then I think the next point in time is and I mean it's it's going to be a kind of weird one. I think, like I said, when I when I started playing five aside and things like that with with Sean himself, he was very much kind of like um, very encouraging. Like yeah. for me, even though I was like I'm very clearly like the worst person here, he was <laughs> kind of like no, like you know, do what you do, keep going, and things like that. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he kind of appreciated that I would do quite simple things and just kind of yeah, here's the ball to you, to Theo, to whoever. Um, go and do your thing and also you know trying to get me comfortable in positions 
that I wouldn't be comfortable in before, you know, if, if I'm playing, we, we had one five side game where we were playing a team who just weren't interested in, in playing football. They just wanted to yeah. kind of start kicking us and, yeah, you know, got to the point where, you know, I was kind of having a go at one of the guys and standing up for him. I think Sean even said something like, you know, I couldn't have imagined like you doing that kind of before and, and things like that. Yeah. So, but I think I went to university and, you know, I, I, I picked up obviously drinking quite heavily, which, which very much affected like my, uh, I don't know, like the physical, the physical side of me basically yeah. and, and stopped playing football for a long time. Um, so, so effectively any, any time I've tried to play football since then, the, the, the biggest thing that I had was obviously pace is now it's gone. So yeah. I wish that I, I kind of stuck with it because we had one game, a five aside game when we started uni with a few other guys and we ended up playing the Portsmouth seconds, like five of them. So yeah. the second team. So they are obviously shit hot. They are, they were incredible. We lost the game five aside game, 25 one. Um, and we were so kind of like, no, this isn't really for us. Even though I think anyone who's just started a team, you know, I think that Portsmouth second team, anyone probably would have been battered. But we, yeah. we kind of took it to heart and kind of went, it's probably about time we called it a day, lads, and kind of just <laughs> kind of just stopped. Because that's the other thing as well. The football societies at Portsmouth, you had to be of, of a very good quality yeah, yeah. to join, I think. Even if you wanted to join and they said, oh, you don't have to be that good. Even like, the, the worst kind of lowest team you can think of at the uni, they they would be, you know, better than potentially any players I've 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 ever played with. So it's yeah. it was very difficult to kind of get into it. And also it's that thing of what you're there then and you've you've got mates who who all enjoy football. So and then you're thinking, I can do that and I or and also it's it's the money as well. It does cost a bit to be in these societies sometimes. So yeah. right or would I go out with my mates who enjoy football every Saturday, go to the pub, watch soccer Saturday, football with them, and it's a student union stuff like that, which I ended up doing. I haven't played for, for a long time. When I have a few times, just massively like out of shape, no fitness, and just kind of that would that's probably the biggest, most recent one I say for me. I kind of wish I stuck at it and kind of not even not even stuck at like playing five side, but just kept fit enough to play. Because I think even if I get fit enough now. I'd say I'm never going to be as quick as I was when I was yeah. younger. So the thing I never probably had then was positional awareness. Yeah. Um, and because I've never had that, I'm not probably going to get it now. So yeah, it's something yeah. that I think, um, yeah, that's another, I think the only thing I probably have left now is, is passing probably in a bit of crossing. That's probably, yeah. so heads and volleys, I'm your man. Sign me up. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be there putting the balls in that. That'll be fine. But um, anything else I'm afraid, uh, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I think, but no, I'd, I'd love to to get back into it sometime and find some people kind of local to me at some point. And yeah, and, you know, just people, but also people who are also very relaxed about it. Because I tried a couple of years ago to get back into it, and they, I was like, "Look, I'm out of shape. I'm, I'm not very good anymore. Like, I haven't played for literally years." They're like, "No, no, no, it's fine." And I was like, you know, almost jogging around and people having a go at me and they were going, oh, you've been lazy. And I was like, I, I, I literally, I'm, I'm giving it like as yeah, best dude. I got. And they, <laughs> yeah. they were really unhappy and took it very, very seriously. Even though it wasn't a, it wasn't even a five-a-side game, it wasn't a league game. It was, they'd run it out, a big astro pitch and just went, no, not even a referee, just let's have a kick around. And, and they sort of went a bit mental. So I think that, that kind of hit my confidence as well, because I was Push like, yeah. well, if I can't, if I can't have a kick around without people screaming at me, then, I think that's probably it, which I think probably isn't right. I think I'm sure there's people out there who who are in the same mindset as me and just want to kind of have a bit of a laugh. But um, yeah, well, I think I'd I'd like to kind of pursue that. I just need to kind of stay on top of it and go. No, there are people out there who want to do similar things and get back, just have a bit of fun, get back into shape and, and do that. So I think if I can find that, then I'll I'll maybe find some joy again. But otherwise, yeah, those are probably the things that I would have changed looking back on how to. Pro- prolong i'd say my yeah. <laughs> my, my very short football career in five aside <laughs> a good a good place to start to get back into it if you're feeling really out of shape and things like that is the walking football initially it was all targeted at people of a certain age but now actually you see younger people playing it and things like that people coming okay. back from injuries and 
yeah so yeah it's always worth looking at and and majority of the time the people are a little bit older you don't get youngsters but you're looking at sort of 30 and upwards um so the attitude is normally a bit better um yeah depending on where you're playing i suppose but (laughs) um cool okay so question number five and it's the big five the five key attributes you feel makes up the perfect modern day footballer so not a specific position but yeah what they would need as a starting base okay so i thought the biggest one for me and i kind of touched on it in in the last question is positional awareness i think whichever mm-hmm. position you play on the pitch anywhere you know the, the players that i think last the longest in terms of their career and things like that they will be able to go on because they have this like it's something that just that is just there and it's always it's always yeah. been there from the start and it's always there um to use i guess one one big example i know is is john terry played obviously for, for chelsea yeah. he was never never a quick player no. never a quick center back but you know he was able to read the game at five things before they happened and i feel like that's how yeah. he was able to go on as long as he did because um you know, to use, I guess his team, England teammate Rio Ferdinand, was obviously very quick. You know, that was one of his biggest assets. Um, and as soon as that pace kind of went, it was, it all kind of went downhill a little bit. So I think, yeah, but it's not just you know that position again. Um, I, I get another player I talked about uh, in one of the previous questions, Raquel May, as well as another one that I think I, I absolutely loved watching that player when I was younger. I obviously didn't watch game in game yeah. out of La Liga, but you know when I watched him, I was like. to my recollection he could kind of just walk around a football pitch almost but because he was always in the right place he knew what was coming he knew what wasn't coming then he kind of could just run a game without really going into third gear um he was you know so i think i think and and obviously strikers is 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 an obvious one you know you need to you know see so many players that um strikers that someone puts a great ball in and the center forward's not there to finish it yeah, yeah, and you're and all the top centre forwards in the world are gambling. They're always gambling and going like, I think Harry Kane scored a goal in the last game week against Newcastle, where yeah. maybe it's not quite the same thing, but he he kind of it was something that looked gone on TV. It was yeah. kind of like something, and then there was a mix up. But because he was still there, and he was going like, no, this is my this is what it's. Maybe that's not the quite the same as positional awareness, but it's that kind of like. For a striker, you know, you know, kind of what I mean. That that kind of strikers. I need see, to know where things are and sense. Yeah, them. I think defenders and your midfielders have definitely are on the positional awareness. I think the the striker thing, it's 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 a knack. It's almost they work on it, but it's almost an element of luck being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and and you will, as you say, there is those elements of that positional awareness where the striker will always make a run across the near post because he knows that's where the ball's coming, but having that ability to not get sucked into play and just hover out like you're saying with Harry Kane's goal literally not involved shouldn't have even had an opportunity to score but he hung around an area where he thought a ball may drop Gary Lineker was a prime example of the same thing not you know when his pace had gone to an extent um, his final years at Spurs the guy was still scoring 25-30 goals a season because he just had a knack of being in the right place at the right time to tap in the ball yeah. It's yeah, uh, and it yeah, it's a mentality thing, I think, towards that. But cool. Okay, so number one, positional awareness. Yeah, I'd say that. Um number two for me probably has to be um vision, I'd say. I mean that that kind of encompasses a few a few different things. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it it comes down to in my mind players being able to make the right decision without really having to think about it. So you know, I guess people have different ideas of vision. Well, they well they'll they'll think about you know a Hollywood pass from from a Steven Gerrard or a Fabregas mm-hmm. or something. I'm talking about the ability to to I guess kind of receive the ball and not kind of think on it for too long. Yeah, and go. I'm going to pass it sideways to my centre back uh, teammate or my midfield teammate or something yeah. else. That kind of right. I'm getting the ball. There's someone in front of me. I need. I've got a split second to think about this, and I'm. I need to just make the correct pass. Yeah. Um, get it forward, get or get it into someone who's in a in a kind of far better position. Whether it's something they've noticed in terms of 
okay, the other team are light on that side because they're pressing us on this side. So if I can get a quick ball over to the other side quickly and kind of do that. So I guess that kind of vision encompasses a few things for me. But I think yeah. it comes down to being sensible decision-making-wise and kind of um, being able to do that because a player that frustrates me a little bit when it comes down to that, For I've, I've seen him for Everton and obviously he's, he's been at Chelsea. Now, now he's at Villa, is, is Ross Barkley. Who you know, very very talented, um, clearly very talented player, but kind of is that's one thing I felt where he's he's lacked in terms of his development, or where I think he's kind of hit the ceiling of mm-hmm. could have been, you know, the star player for England in in a once in a generation player for England, yeah, and has become you know I'm not saying a bad player, I think he's he's a very good player, um, but you know Can't I think the Villa team now. Yeah, and I mean this is something that it's frustrated a lot of a lot of fans, and you know it's something that I think, but it's not just his position; it's it's other positions as well, where it's just the vision to be able to to pick out something, um, and then I guess the pass is the most the most key one, um, but the correct pass as well, not just something yeah. to go a Jorginho or something like that, for instance, where they go, okay, fine, he he's he's got the vision, but if he's passing it to Kovacic to his left about five yards away 200 times a game I wouldn't really call that the kind of vision I'm talking I'm talking about something that's going to give your team an advantage that might not necessarily be picked up by a supporter just watching on TV yeah not thinking about it do you, do you sort of see what I mean that kind of yeah yeah I, I would also tag in the vision to being something you said about John Terry and being sort of multiple steps ahead of other people you're seeing the game yeah one step ahead. So when that ball comes into you, actually that split second thought of where you're going to pass it has actually happened before you've got the ball. Yeah. And you and you see it even on Sunday mornings now, you see the players that stand out are the ones that when a ball's coming to them, they've already had a look around of where other players are before they've received it. And you see the other players who don't even make themselves big in the first instance to hold on to the ball. They just wait for it to come to them. So, yeah, there is a drastic, yeah, there is a big shout in there. So, vision, massive tick from me. Um, yeah. <laughs> number three. Um, so, for this one, I, I think, um, obviously, clearly in in today's game, in every position, I think it's something you probably could have gotten away with. And it's something you still see some special players get away with. But work rate, um, for me, is another one. I think the work yeah. rate, in this day and age is is so important um in in a game where you know you need everyone to be on it where you know pressing is is one of yeah. the it's it's a, it's, a, it's the in fashion thing to do at the moment is to be yeah, definitely. that that pressing team when they lose the ball everyone has to be on it straight away and i think it's great um i guess from from an from an english point of view as well for a long time people will appreciate a player if they've if they've quote unquote put in a shift it's why I think so many Man United fans loved Jason Park for so many years yeah. when he was yeah. there because he never stopped running. Um, and I, I remember reading um, a book by Gianluca Vialli, and it, not just by him, obviously he kind of helped write it with, with yeah. an actual writer of a book. Writer, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, it's called, and it's called The Italian Job. Um, and in it, he kind of talks about work rate and says, you know, in, in England... If you if you've run like if you've run your bollocks off basically for ninety minutes, then yeah. you'll you'll receive a standing ovation from from the crowd if yeah. you go off in 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 the Premier League or whatever. If you do that in Italy, you're getting bottles chucked out. If you haven't made a contribution to the match, you're yeah. getting booed off the pitch basically. Um, you know, so it's interesting, I suppose, back then that that kind of and maybe that mentality comes into it of you know, being young and growing up with football and, and that kind of thing, but maybe that's kind mm. of ingrained in how I how I believe football should should always be played. But I think not only is it something that you want to see, I think it shows that there's a desire and a hunger for that player to want to do well for your team. It comes mm-hmm. across it, it comes across to the fans. You know, it if you watch a player and they're walking around, if you're trying to get the ball back and you're just watching them kind of walk that that's one of the most irritating things you can see yeah. because you're watching maybe some other teammates maybe you know uh, let's let's use again Chelsea example Kante harrying going for the ball and a player who's not really known for his his kind of pressing ability like Giroud or someone like that who's kind of yeah jogging around and although you know I appreciate from an analytical standpoint that's not his that's not his game that's not the strongest point 
of his game, you kind of yeah. think, come on, man, just 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 at least look like you're like Half trying to it. trying yeah. to you know. But <laughs> but then I kind of I kind of you know think about it after the game and think you know no they're different players, but this is why I think players like Werner play at the moment because they're they're very good at kind of pressing the the centre yeah. backs and even though they can't hit a Kazas or a Banjo at the moment. <laughs> no, there, no, are, no, he's there a... are there are other levels to 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 you know especially the modern forwards. Um, yeah. I think work rate is so key. And I think to be and there I think there are also so many successful players who become successful because of work rate, not because of yeah, you know, individual talent. And I think again, sorry this is kind of becoming Chelsea centric, but it's something that I'm kind of I kind of know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Frank I think Frank Lampard is is probably one of those key kind of stories about work rate because he's one of those who I don't think was, you know, massively born with bags of talent, but is someone no. who would basically stay, stay basically the latest every day after training, come in the earliest yeah. practice, 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 work, 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 work. And then you just saw these things that he was doing and, and mm-hmm. you, know, you never kind of watched him and went, he's well, but he's world-class at one particular thing, but he's, it's, it's the facts that, the work was being put in and because the work's being put in, the rewards were kind of being taken out of that. And that's why yeah, he yeah. kind of became the, the play he did, in my mind anyway. I mean, obviously I'm looking at it from from the inside kind of point of view, but that's yeah. that's the biggest example I, I can see of, of work rate kind of coming into the fold and being a, a big success. Yeah, and I mean, it's it kind of also, you sort of mentioned uh, uh, G-Sun Park, but... I think there's a lot of Man United fans that I know that had so much love for Darren Fletcher. Yeah, and I'll be Darren honest, as well. I never really got it when he was at Man U. But then when he went to West Brom and he was it West Brom? Yeah, he was at West Brom, wasn't he? And yes. it was a struggle yeah. in West Brom. And he was the standout player. And I think because the work rate was still the same, but because the players at Man United were on a different level, you didn't notice how good a footballer he was. When yes. he went to West Brom and he was playing with a lower level, the work rate was still there, but God, he was a decent player as well. And, you yeah. know, thank God I didn't speak to any of those Man United fans anymore at that point, because I would have had to go back, <laughs> you know, tail between my legs. Do you know what, guys? You were probably right. I didn't have Groveling. to do that. Yeah. I didn't have to do that. And I don't think they watched this, so it's fine. <laughs> no. well we'll have to get them watching for the next episode <laughs> <laughs> cool so work rate number three number four this is kind of where the because those are kind of my my main three i'd say at the moment in terms yeah, of okay. what i kind of think so so i think these next two are kind of um you know i wouldn't say they're as important to me um yeah but i'd say in the modern game in in the premier league i'd probably say um strength or or not even just being like a, a, a strong looking guy but but core strength um yeah yeah you know you see so many players come into this league and one of the key things that you'll see happen time and time again to a new signing is i've got the ball i'm going to pick it up and then you'll get some someone from midfield lean in yeah they yeah. they've gone flying but the referee's like no it's a shoulder to shoulder and it's kind of fair and yeah. You know, or, or just muscled off the ball easily. You know, defender shepherding it out, and and that kind of inability to to not compete with with yeah. with those situations. So I think, you know, I'm kind of seeing that at the moment um, again from from a Chelsea point of view with with um, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner um, yeah. not being able to to do that. And I think that's something that will come. They're both young enough to to be able to do that. And I think yeah. most players most players do pick it up. Um, but there are still some players that you, that you look at who, who kind of don't make the grade and think if you had if you had this attribute you would be able to do so much mm-hmm. more like you'd be able yeah, to do yeah. so much more. Um, and I look at like a younger player for us, Billy Gilmore, who who looks he looks a fantastic prospect. But that's something that happened to him a few times. He's quite a small, quite a small chap, yeah, yeah. but but not not kind of the strongest. And I think that's something he will work on. I think that's something that he'll he'll get better at. But I just think. You know those positions. I think to be fair, most positions over the over the pitch, you, you kind of have to have that strength. And I'm not talking about, like I said, we, we don't want to turn you into, you know, um, I and guess, Fenway. yeah, back and Fenway <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or someone else like that. We because because core strength is important as well. Because even you can look at guys at the moment like Raheem Sterling, who I believe has quite good core strength at the moment. He's quite, yeah, you know, yes, okay, he can go down from some. That's that's kind of part of the gamesmanship aspects of the way Man City play and other teams. But yeah. 
you know, he, he doesn't let himself knock get... off the ball. Yeah. He used to be one of those players who, who I just described, you know, you could go into him and he would kind of just go flying a bit, but now, yeah. yeah. And, and again, I think the best example of it is, is it's Lionel Messi. You know, he is mm-hmm. a little guy. He doesn't look particularly strong, um, but you can go into him, you can go flying into him and his center of gravity just keeps him up. His core body strength is, yeah. is incredible. Second yeah, to none, yeah. in my opinion, for, for that kind of player who doesn't look yeah. particularly big. So I think it's an attribute that I think, and especially centre-backs as well, you know, or defenders, because, again, how many goals have we seen where someone's shuffling out of play and someone who's just a little bit stronger than them can go shoulder to shoulder, yeah. they've fallen over and they've gone, oh, no. Yeah. Well, I've just conceded a goal because of that. Keeping on the Chelsea theme, I think that there was a danger of that happening with uh, Andres Christensen when he first yes, came in. He was very much, I think still, good in the still air, strong. But yeah, but he's definitely getting more combative. But th- whenever he's in the team for a short period of time, he looks good for a couple of games. And then all of a sudden, it'll be, it'll suddenly seem really weak. He'll come up against a stronger striker and he'll struggle. And, yes. and it, it's improving. But that was definitely very apparent when he first got into that Chelsea team because initially Absolutely. he was going to be the replacement for John Terry. And that was yes. not happening. A long time ago now, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I wasn't one of his biggest fans, but I think it's one of those players that, um, you know, he plays, he plays played quite well, both for Conte in a back three and now Tuchel. Yeah. Um, when Sarri, Lampard, others have tried him in, in a back two, just... Not not at the races at all. So, yeah. I just think best position is is in the middle of a back three, quite quite solid, yeah. quite decent there. Um, and obviously, you know, guys like Rudiger as well. I know we're kind of moving on from 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 the initial topic, but, yeah. but I think that is that's so important for me. Just in any any position of the pitch, to to have that strength to be able to kind of stand up for yourself, because you know it's it's a physical sport and you need to be able to to win those battles. And I think in especially in the Premier League, the referees. Will won't kind of just go in other leagues. They might go. Someone's gone shoulder to shoulder with you. You're an attacking player. I'll give you the the free kick or the foul. Whereas now I think they're a little bit more lenient with. No, it's, it's a fair battle. I'm sorry, mate. You've just you've just lost it. And yeah. and so I think um, yeah, that for me that's that's a that's a key part of the game to be able to have that strength to to compete in all, all areas of the pitch. Cool. Okay. And then number five. Oh, number five. <laughs> this is probably one that I, I haven't thought. So it's probably going to be one that I kind of come out with. But I think, see, I was thinking about loyalty, but then I, I think that's that's kind of a bit of a. I don't, I don't necessarily now think the same way because because I'm now a bit older and wiser, and I think that, you know, we we all work jobs. Everyone who watches this works a job, and if if someone offers them a better job on more money, you're going to take it, aren't you? So it's like, oh, God, yeah. you know, one of those things that, you know, in, in an ideal world, you want your player, whoever's you're playing for to stay with you and, and to, to play with you. But now I don't necessarily think that is, that's kind of yeah. fair. I think if a bear off comes along, you know, they don't support the club. They don't have any affinity to them. The one thing um, we they, don't do though, is we don't go to a current job and say, look, I've done quite well over the last year. I need a 50% pay rise. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> but, definitely but, not it. Because <laughs> um, then we wouldn't have that one job. Um, I think loyalty is not the right word I'm looking for, but there's, there's something in the kind of, I suppose, mentality of, of, yeah. of playing for the team you play for and wanting to, you know, I think there are guys, one of the examples for me is someone like, Declan Rice, who you know, he's had loads of um, kind of transfer talk. Man United, Man City, Chelsea, yeah, yeah. all these teams, like even teams from abroad, looking at him, things like that. He's someone who's just kind of kept his head down, working really hard for the team, and, and kind of reaping awards. And I think you look at the other end of the spectrum, and, and you've—I mean, I think everyone uses names so much. I don't think it's necessarily fair, but it's the first name that's kind of come to my head because of, I suppose, the profile and, and how much it's put into the press is someone like Pogba, where it's not, maybe not necessarily his fault, but his agent's yeah. fault for kind of going, even if he hasn't necessarily played very well, going, you know, my client wants to go to Madrid. He wants to go here. He wants to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you never hear anything about, about Declan Rice and that kind of, you know, he no. wants to go here. He wants to go here. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes you might hear rumblings in the press of going, oh yeah, he's interested in, 
in going to Man City. But then it, you kind of go, well, who 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 wouldn't? Be? Who isn't? Yeah, exactly. In the league, anyone kind of would be interest, interested in that proposition. But you know, he's not throwing toys at the pram, which would be, in my opinion, very easy to do at West Ham to kind of go. Actually, you know what? I I want to go here, but I think that mentality thing is very important to me for players to go. No, you know what? These are these are my employers. These fans are here. They they, yeah. they wear the badge. There's something about wearing a badge for me that needs to be respected. Um, yeah. And and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best while whilst I'm whilst I'm in this position. I think that's something that I wouldn't say is lost completely because you know I don't think there's any player who goes out. But there but there are so many times when and maybe agents and the way agents come into it does yeah. affect you because you know you you could be. Um, I suppose Erling Haaland's maybe a good example of this. Someone who's, you know, he's he's getting down, he's playing his football, he's still very young at Dortmund, he's playing at yeah. a high level, and he's doing really well. And you know, his agents coming out and going, like, we're talking to Madrid, we're talking to Barcelona, we're gonna go to England next week and talk to Chelsea, Liverpool, yeah. Man City, Man United. And you know, that's not necessarily Erling Haaland's fault. I just think that kind of thing isn't helpful. Maybe you think you know what, Erling Haaland's 20 years old. Like, you know, he could have another couple of seasons at, at Dortmund. There's no need to kind of, yeah, no need yeah. to kind of rush it. And I, but I don't necessarily think that he's the one who's going, I want to go. At. Because when you watch him, he, yeah. he looks like a player who who enjoys himself on the pitch and he's, yeah. he's having fun enjoying his football. So I think probably agents is a big problem. So I think maybe it's not necessarily an attribute for, for players themselves. But I don't know, it's a difficult one. But I think just that mentality to be, this is who I'm playing for. I need to respect the badge. I need to respect the fans and do the best job I can week in, week out, I suppose. Based on all of that, what I've written down is dedication and focused. Yeah, I'd say, so. yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So, you know, Declan Rice fully appreciates that. He got knocked back by a number of clubs, well, Chelsea, but then someone else, I think, after, before going to West Ham. And actually, West Ham gave him his opportunity. He's achieved yeah. regular spot in the England team. He's sat yeah. in fourth place in the Premier League at the moment. Absolutely. He he feels he owes West Ham something. And if he yeah. does go, he'll go with a glorious handshake from West Ham. They'll wave him yeah. off and they'll be counting their 70, 80, 90 million quid. And he'll go yeah. on to a bigger, better club, potentially. It's the right um, way to leave a club, I think. Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah. I, and I think somewhat, even though it's it's kind of, I think Eden Hazard kind of kind of did it in the right way as well, I suppose. Like in the end. Know, someone who someone who kind of but I think that's another player who kind of always went. A lot of what he said was taken out of context. Where he kind of went, you know, yeah, as a kid, like I'd have, I'd have loved to play. And and then I kind of go, again, I'm kind of like, yeah, who who wouldn't? Like it's fair yeah. enough. He's not, he's not from England. He's not English. He's, you know, he wasn't. He's got no particular affiliation to Chelsea before that. And you still watch him yeah. work out. And he still, he still loves the club. He loves the badge and everything. And then he kind of had that season where he was like, you know, I'd like to go to Madrid now. And we kind of went, okay, give us one more year. And I thought. He might kick off here, like he might be like, "Nah, not playing." But he went, "No, okay, fair." Like, I'll, was I'll, it the I'll... season before that that he had the big fallout with Mourinho? Um, and that was when it was all the shouts of the player power and Mourinho had been sacked because people I... didn't want to perform for him and things like that. Because I get, I get Hazard for five, six years at Chelsea was unbelievable for mm-hmm. four or five of them, and there was one where he just. He just didn't really do anything. And there was all the stuff in the press about him having the spats with Mourinho. Him, was it Costa and someone else were constantly? Yeah, I think I think well. Mourinho, we we obviously know the character Mourinho is. And, yeah, he, and, probably, he don't help himself. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, yes. And, you know, it's, it's happening. It happens everywhere he, he goes to, yeah. to everyone he speaks to. And, and I think, you know, we, we talked about work rate earlier as yeah. one of the things. that, And I said that some players don't, really have it in terms of like the kind of drive and and and, and Eden Hazard is, is probably the biggest example of that you know I've seen quotes from from John Terry going you know he walks around in training not putting any yeah. effort in and I kind of you know give him a kick up the ass and say you know come on what are you doing we've got a game on on Saturday and he goes it'll be fine give me the give me the ball on Saturday I'll score and yeah. John Terry went and he and he did so sometimes you do have those players who yeah who are kind of that that talented that people kind of allow them to not to not do it. I, I don't particularly like it. I don't agree with it, but yeah, you know, that that's just that's the game basically. That's 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 how it is. And I think 
he's probably one of those players where a lot of managers accept it because they go, right, that's Eden Hazard. He's going to win us the, the game. Yeah. You know, so many games of this season. So I'm not going to rub him at the one right, wrong way. Whereas I think Jose Mourinho is a manager who goes, I don't care who it is. Um, yeah. If they don't do the way I want them to do it, then they're out. And there's probably a lot of players that a better man, or not a better manager, but a more um, kind of tactful manager, let's say. Yeah. Like yeah, Carlo yeah. Ancelotti, maybe, or someone will go, right, this player needs to be, you know, hand around the shoulder. This player needs to kick up the arse. This yeah. player, I can, I can kind of say, okay, you don't need to train every single day of the week and just kind of have that, like that, that man management rather than going, you're all doing this my way. Yeah. I don't know. And that's, that's, I think where Mourinho went wrong in his last season at Chelsea when the results weren't going well. He was getting more agitated with with the players. And I'd say probably the players that had more more flair than yeah. Because when it came out, they were like, "These are the players that supported him." And they're all the players like the really strong, hard workers like Matic and Ivanovic and like yeah, all yeah. these guys basically. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I, I can kind of see what's happening here." Like, um, so I, I don't know. I think, but that I, I guess um, yes. But in terms, of, I think dedication and focus. Going back to that, I think that's probably a. A really fair reflection on, on on kind of what I mean. Just you know, just just be dedicated to the team you're with. We're not telling telling you you have to like get a tattoo of the club or <laughs> you know sleep in the club pajamas or things like that. Yeah. You know, just just you know, give something back to to the fans who support you. Know the kids that are going to idolise you and, and stuff like that. You know, we're we're all old enough and, and ugly enough to understand now. I mean, some of us I still get some fully grown men that that kick off when a player leaves a football club, um, but. Yeah. You know, we we all we all get it. It's part of the game. It's it's a job, a very high paid job, but a job nonetheless. Yeah. And the you know, it's 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 a revolving door. So yeah, while you're there, enjoy it, have fun, but you know, keep keep trying and, and keep being dedicated, I suppose. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So deal breakers top five attributes are positional awareness, vision, work rate. Strength, core strength. Um, and then we've kind of combined the last bit into dedication and focus to fully, fully cover the whole topic. It has been an absolute pleasure having you back on Down the Local, Matt. I was about to say, it sounds like I've basically just done John Terry there, isn't it? Like that's, that's what I've kind of gone for. <laughs> and I've done it, I've pretty much done me. Um, <laughs> um, no, but no, yeah. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I'd love to just to do to do even if it's not you know the same kind of question format. I'd love to do more and, and stuff like that. You know where I am, so yes, give it out. And obviously, you know, I hope hope everyone in, is watching, enjoying this, and not not putting in the comments, fucking Chelsea scum, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm sure they will be. But um, oh, no, so so yeah, you know, it's fine. Me, I'd love to do to do more stuff. Um, and, I, and I love the work that um, that you and Cooper are doing at the moment. It's, it's really great, great to see Thank you. And please keep it up. Thank you very much. For now, though, guys, we will head over back to me and Coop in real time. Cheers, Cheers man. Thank, Thank you. you. No worries. No worries.